Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast for Amazon sellers. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. And in today's episode, we want to talk about a topic that we know will haunt sellers for the foreseeable future, because not only is Amazon going to sell more products, but it will also attract more sellers ongoing. And what's the challenge I'm speaking about? Well, it's finding products that fit your budget and allow you to market them to give yourself a chance of bringing back cash in your business without breaking the bank to start out. We know that people will spend tons of time on product research. We're going to give you some concepts that may help you to pick better products starting today. That's right. So there are definitely a lot of reasons sellers struggle to find products that are going to help them make money, right? And as we've talked about before, really your budget is the key thing that's really going to limit what products you can sell without being rolled over by the competition on Amazon. And this is a core thing that we get every time, don't we, Isaac, when people are starting their business, they're like, how much money do I need? And truthfully, you know, you can start with a, a smaller budget in mind. However, that is really going to limit what kind of products that you can actually find. Yeah. And it'll take either a longer time. It might take you more energy to find those. And those are the, that's the key thing that we want you guys to understand today is based on your budget and based on the competition on Amazon, you know, how likely it is to find products when, number one, and then how is it actually going to start to kind of fuel that income coming back into your business? So how do you fix the cycle of either selling products that either don't return any income or never even picking products because for you and to your mind's eye, it just doesn't look viable. And this is another thing that we see, right, is that people start to filter with their prejudices, if you like, before they even look at any numbers, right? Yeah. I'll probably still do that myself um, a little bit, but, you know, really it's the data that tells the story. So what we want to cover today is we're going to break down it into four steps. So number one, finding products that fit your resources of time, money, and effort. Number two, planning out the hidden costs before you ever place an order. And these are the things that are actually going to drain your profit away if you haven't actually built that in. How to find those golden gems on Amazon that you are overlooking. That's going to be a biggie, right? Everybody's going to be like, yes, tell me the golden yeah. gems. Not the golden toilet, but the golden gems. <laughs> and giving yourself- If you talk about toilets, though, I will. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I expect you to have like in a few years time is like this golden throne, like in your in your bathroom. <laughs> That's when you'll know I've done my ultimate flex. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see that on an ad. It's going to look awesome. Uh, yeah, I could use your pants around your ankles. That, that would literally be just be the shot, right? And then number four, giving yourself proper expectations on how this business is going to work for you based on your budget, based on your lifestyle and where you want to go. Yeah. And so the first thing we need to talk about, basically look at is your capital investment for the business. And I do mean business because selling on Amazon isn't like a garage sale where you can just buy a product and put it up and it will sell. There are many things that go into whether or not your products will actually be purchased at all, which is what we're going to get into in a second. So this is kind of a moment of true self-reflection that you're going to need to do because not only will you look at your budget into and put it into the equation of what products can you select, but what resources of time and effort you reasonably have also play an important factor. I know a lot of people say, oh, I can put five, six hours a day on this, on this you know, business. And then when it comes down to it, they only want to commit like one or two hours and not do it every day. It's like, well, if you're running a business, especially when you're trying to start a business, you can't just take days off really. 
you got to put some effort in every single day to move yourself forward. And that's what really a lot of people just don't want to do. Like They're like, oh, I want it to come easy. I want something to happen. I want the money back now. It's like, well, that's not how businesses work, right? So when we think about like, you know, what the the, the end results and the, the extreme types of sellers there are on Amazon, you know, a seller who starts out with $100,000 and has experience in business with contacts in China to produce products, they'll have a much easier road to getting a business that returns $5,000 in income per month than someone who has $5,000 and is crunched for time and has no experience in business. That's just common sense, right? So it should be common sense, but not everybody thinks that way. So here's the thing. You already know there are big sellers with deep pockets on Amazon and you're going to try to avoid them. So you already know this going into your business. So don't let that shake you when you start to see it, when you start to put in some data, because that's what a lot of people do. They go, oh, every product has big sellers and every single product is oversaturated. You already knew that Amazon has lots of big sellers. There are still niches out there and products out there that you can avoid those big sellers from. So you have to find those products that are less expensive to start when you have a smaller budget. That means they should be light. They should be small and not very complicated to manufacture. If you put heavy products or big products or complex products together, they will end up increasing your cost to start, right? So that's not the only issue though, because you could potentially sell a wooden spoon with just that criteria, right? However, you also have to look at how competitive the search results are for wooden spoons on Amazon. Then you will likely realize you may never get found on Amazon if you sell that product. The reason why is because there might be tons and tons of sales on wooden spoons and you would have to spend so much money to try to get the page one or get your ads visible that you're likely not going to actually return profit. So you could sell products, but you probably wouldn't be profitable. So your goal is to find products that not only you can afford to manufacture and ship to Amazon, but also have to analyze the competition on Amazon and understand if you can afford to compete against the products that are on the market already. So I'm going to give you some quick hitting criteria for people with a budget, let's say under $10,000, $15,000. You know, if you're at $5,000, even up to $20,000, depending on, you know, what kind of products you're looking at. But you want to have products that are less than three pounds, preferably. Ideally, uh, you would have them less than a shoebox. I would say at biggest, you could have it to be like the size of a microwave, but that's going to definitely be more expensive. So shoebox size under three pounds. If you can kind of keep it there to start with a limited budget, you're probably going to have a pretty good idea of what products will fit your budget. No complex manufacturing. Don't add stuff to it. Don't layer on complexity. Don't make super expensive packaging. Anything like that just adds costs, right? Also, you don't want to do an invention because you, you probably don't have the money to market an invention. If people aren't searching for that thing already, then you shouldn't sell it. Now, you could improve an existing product, though, because lots of people do this. They'll take an existing product, do a slight improvement, or you know maybe tweak it to where it's got a pretty decent improvement, and it keeps the cost relatively similar to what the other products are so that they can sell at a competitive price. That's totally okay, because now you're cre creating a differentiation that you have that other people don't have. Also, you want to have the product to have an easily identifiable, strong main keyword. So for example, I sell an ice scraper. I know that the main keyword is ice scraper. People could call it other things, but the very basic thing that it is, and most people would call it is an ice scraper. If it was like, you know, I had to sell under short handled ice scraper or small ice scraper, it would be, you know, I wouldn't be seeing the sales that I would get if I was on ice scraper and I didn't get, you know, hundreds of sales per day on that keyword in the wintertime. Obviously in the summer, not so much, but in the winter, you can do that. If you can identify the main keywords, you can actually do proper research on those. 
And then ideally, you want to probably have a selling price between $10 and $30 on Amazon. If that's if you're at limited budget, that's kind of the sweet spot because those ones can bring profit, but also not cost so much on Amazon and through costs and freight and all that, that you'd lose all your budget just on the product itself. Also, usually with those ones, they sell through quicker, right? And so yep. we're able to um, have higher conversion, higher conversion yep. rates. You know, you want to... You've got to think about it this way. It's like barrier to entry for customers to buy your product, yep. right? That's how you have to think about it. It's not only a barrier to entry for you and your budget. It's don't make it so hard for someone to buy it, right? Yeah. And so we, that, we even say like, at like if it's under $10, people will buy it without even thinking about it. Under yeah. $10 or under $20, they might do a little thinking, but they'll still probably buy it. And even if it doesn't work, they won't be like super mad about it. Then what kind of once it gets about $30, above $30, they're going to do more research and they will be very angry if it doesn't work because to most people, 30 bucks is, you know, 30 bucks is a decent amount of money. I mean, that's that's two steak dinners right there, at, you know, Outback Steakhouse or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and also, um, it's, it's interesting because obviously we have the benefit of hindsight, right? We've been selling on Amazon now for eight years yep. and we've launched many products, many of which, which have worked, but also we've had some failures like everyone else. And so we know what works and what doesn't work. Now, it doesn't mean to say it's going to be 100% every time, but what it means is we've had enough failures to know what not to do and we've had enough successes to know what to do. And so I think if you, we've got that hindsight that we've built into this these processes, if you like, or this, these kind of uh, strategies that we're actually telling you today. So if you kind of sat here going, yeah, but you know, how can an under $10 product work? I just don't believe it. Or I need to sell something over $50 or I'm going to invent my own product. Again, there's nothing wrong with those things. It just means that you're not going to get the cash flow quickly, especially yeah. if you're starting out in the business. One thing I would say about inventions, um, my husband's actually inventing his own product right now. He's been selling on Amazon for five years and it's taken him two years to get the product to market yeah. because he's had to work with designers. You know, he's had to work on patents. He's had to do all this other stuff. And he's and also doing outside Amazon marketing yeah, videos and all this other stuff too. Exactly. So it's not to say you can't do it. Like you said, Isaac, it's just to say, when is the right time? And that's yeah. what it's all about. The time, the money, the effort, right? And if you're just starting out and you haven't got a successful business going yet, you're in that establishing phase of your business. It just honestly, just make life easy for yourself, right? Yeah. That's what we want for you. We don't want you to be sat, you know, scrunching numbers or losing money. Just make it easy. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, try not to put those roadblocks in your way. So with that benefit of hindsight, basically what we want you to think about is analyzing the cost of what your marketing is going to be based on the competition on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And this is before you put any money down on a product. Now, if you've never launched a product before, you, you probably have no clue what we're talking about, right? But the, the hard fact is you don't just put a, a product on Amazon and hope it sells, right? You have to invest in it. You have to at least get some visibility for that product. So you're going to have to plan to launch it and launching Again, doesn't mean just sticking it up there, maybe running a few ads and then hoping that it sells. You know, you, you really have to have a target in mind. You have to kind of spend on that product until you hit that target. And so what we like you to do is actually plan out what that's going to cost you to hit that sales target. And again, you don't need to make this hard for yourself. You don't need to do Facebook ads, Google ads, all this other stuff out there that you think you need to do. The best thing that we always, you know, like you to do right up front is to use the traffic on Amazon because that's the reason why you, you're starting the business on Amazon in the first place. 
So why not just capture that traffic, right? So we use something called Amazon PPC. You guys that are already selling on Amazon, you'll know what this is. And I'm sure you've also nearly got an ulcer trying to figure out how to, how to make PPC profitable, right? So that's why we want you to do the work up front. So how do you do it? So basically just, I'm trying to kind of simplify the process here. We use spreadsheets and things like that and tools to help you know people plan this out. But the concept is, if you look at those page one search results for the main keyword, like Isaac was talking about, again, it should be exactly what the pe what people call the product. And again, if you've looked at products that are simple, you're not going to have 100,000 keywords that you're trying to look at here. It's the, it's the main thing. One thing we always like to, like you said, the ice scraper, right? So that yeah. would be your main keyword. And what you want to what you want to look at is is there any is there five or more sellers on page one that are getting over a thousand monthly sales? Then you're going to know right away that this is the product that's going to be reasonably competitive. If there are any more than say ten or more on page one getting a thousand sales per day, then it's going to be really really competitive, right? And so the first thing we're looking at is what does this competition look like? If it is really competitive, chances are that your main keyword is going to be very expensive to run on PPC, right? That's kind of like number one, that's giving us a red flag altogether, right? Um, and why is that? Because the goal on Amazon is for you to get close to the top of page one for those relevant keywords so that you can be found by customers easily. They're gonna click on your listing and they're gonna purchase your product. That is the game on Amazon. That's literally what you need to do. This is what we call organic search and purchase. So they see you there, uh, you're not paying for it at this point, you're ranking on those keywords and they purchase you because they see it. Now, if a customer can buy your product without having to click on an ad for your product, you literally save hundreds or even thousands of dollars each month, which makes you more profitable. So our ultimate goal is to get you organic ranking, right? That's what you need to do is to get organic ranking. But if most or all of your sales are coming from customers clicking on ads, then your likelihood is that you're not gonna be very profitable. So the goal is to get high ranking on page one for the most relevant keywords of your product. And then yes, you do still advertise, but at a less rate than when you first launch. So think of it this way, during a launch, no one knows who you are, right? They've got no idea. So you wanna kind of put it into as many eyeballs as possible, not literally, obviously, but when, you know, when they're looking on Amazon, you want as many people to see it as possible. I mean, so what eye implants might work in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Well, that's kind of like what Google, Google Glasses were trying to do, right? If you look yep. left, order this product <laughs> type thing. Um, but yeah, if you when you're launching, you need to be visible. And so what that means is, say we're using Amazon PPC, it's the quickest way, right? It's the quickest way we can get those eyeballs or people to see it. So you have to bid high on all those main keywords to get even seen by customers, which basically means you're going to spend a lot of money at the beginning to get clicks and sales. That's just how it's going to work. Now, the reason that you have to know how many sellers get a lot of sales on page one is because at some point, you're going to need to get more sales than they do to take their position on that page one from them. That's what we call keyword ranking, right? So you need to know what those sales are going to be. You need to know how many sales you need to do to get higher ranking than them. If they're doing thousands and thousands of sales, you know that it's going to cost you thousands and thousands of clicks to even bother trying to get those sales, right? And so not only is the cost per click important, but the amount of clicks you're gonna to need to get the sales is important as well. Yeah. So if you can be in the top five or the top 10 on page one, so basically if you're looking on a desktop, 
think of it as you know above the fold, what we call it above the fold right on on mobile i like to say like two scrolls i think that's probably two or three scrolls people are going to do right <laughs> yeah that's kind of where you want to be basically if it says load more you, you're not going to get many sales no people are just <laughs> not going to bother clicking that thing right luckily now i think with, with amazon you can scroll quite a fair way before that kind of happens yeah, but sometimes two yeah. or three scrolls i think people will then get bored um unfortunately right so you want to be in that kind of zone for most of your relevant keywords and that and then when you get to that point you're going to be likely to get profitable sales okay so when you first launch we have to invest we get up those rankings we get those organic sales and that's when we can start to put our foot off the gas if you like in terms of actually um spending all that money so what you need to do you need to plan out how many advertising sales that you're going to need to get during your launch to get to that page one into that position and how much those bids are going to cost you you also need to estimate the conversion of your ads. And then you need to plan out how long you're going to invest in the launch to hit page one. Now, we usually like on our listings where obviously we're aiming for around 20% conversion. And then on ads, it's usually less than that, right? So usually, you know, around 10% is really good. Anything over 10% is awesome. Yeah. And so if you just kind of work on a 10% conversion on your ad, that's kind of a good kind of place to land. Yeah, and I think on average, you'll see about a 50% ad conversion from uh, organic conversion overall. At least yes. I do on most of my products, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the more organic ranking you're going to get, the better conversion you're going to get overall, right? Mm -hmm. But on ads themselves, especially when you first start out, as long as you've got a great listing, 10% is, is, is a good thing to aim for. So if all those costs are too much then for your budget, then you need to know that you can you need to find a less competitive product or you need to find less competitive keywords, but also know that you might not get as much sales as what you thought you were going to get. Yeah. So it's kind of like, again, it's another balancing act there. And that's the harder to analyze thing is when you look at those secondary keywords, the actual sales that Jungle Scout might show on the search result isn't going to show you the actual sales that that particular keyword gives you. So it, it's a lot more of a guessing game, I'm sure. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think this becomes more intuitive over time. Yep. You know, you maybe you've been running the business, you've launched a few products. You start to understand this a lot more, but especially when you're first starting out, we just want to keep it as simple as possible, right? Simple main keywords, simple products, like you said, very light products and very easy to understand how you're actually going to get that organic ranking. Yep. So ideally what you want to be looking at is looking for products that only have either one or two sellers with a thousand monthly sales on page one, for the main keywords results. And in terms of just looking at some quick analysis criteria or competitive analysis criteria, like we said, number one, find a product that has a clear main keyword. Search that keyword on Amazon and use a tool like Jungle Scout to see how many sellers have got over a thousand sales per month. If there's any more than four sellers on page one with more than a thousand units per month selling the same product that you actually wanna sell, the chances are that it's probably too competitive for most sellers who have limited budgets of under $20,000, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in that category, just think about that's the criteria that you need to kind of work with. And then you can start to build out all the other costs underneath that. But that's almost like the first filter point that you need to think about. There's no point in saying, I want to launch a, I don't know, a, a chair, right? Or a massive bean bag or you know, all those cool things that you come into Amazon wanting to sell. And then yeah. you get really disappointed because you can't find anything because it's not going to actually get you the, the profit margin that you want. Yeah. And another thing is probably worth mentioning is 
don't look at products when they're out of season for product research. So like I have an ice scraper. If you think you look at the, the, the competition for ice scrapers in July, I'd be like, oh, this is really easy. Only like one or two sellers are doing anything over a thousand per month. And then you get to December and then you realize that 30 sellers are doing over a thousand per month and it's very, very competitive to get to that page. So um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you don't want to underestimate the, the peak seasons. Um, and if they're summer seasonal, know that it's summer seasonal, use some common sense. They're like pool inflatable stuff, like, you know, floaties and stuff like that. Probably not going to sell super hot in the winter, right? It's going to sell more in the summer gardening stuff, spring and summer, right? These are kinds of common sense things. Like don't just go out there and do research and be like, oh, well, the research said it was fine. I was like, well, when did you do the research? Well, totally off peak season, right? So um, I'm not saying that like you should go into quarter four and think that's what the average sales for every product is going to be. That's a peak season for everybody, right? Because that's purchasing, you know, Christmas presents and stuff like that. For, I'm talking about specifically if they have a seasonal reason, right? So like Halloween costumes, going to be only pretty much big around Halloween, maybe New Year's Eve. I don't know, but you're not going to have Halloween costumes doing super big numbers all year round. That's a peak season for a specific reason. Peak season for a specific reason. I like that. I'm going to use that from now on. So that's the kind of seasonal products that we're talking about there. But yes, if you see that there, you know, five, 10 sellers that are doing a thousand, then it's probably going to be too competitive, especially if you're at like the lower end, like 5,000, you probably want to find like one, most two, or even if there's like four that are kind of doing like 800 sales a day, then that's probably a kind of good area for you to be in. Don't try to get people where they're just like, you know, because if you think about it, uh, 33 sales a day is about a thousand, right? So if you see like five to 10 people doing 30 plus sales a day, that means you have to get 30 plus sales a day to kind of stick there. And it's just not going to happen very fast or very easily for somebody with a limited budget. Remember, if you have $100,000, you can make that work very easily. If you have $5,000, it's going to be a lot harder. So don't put that pressure on yourself to try to compete in those markets. Look for things that are easier to kind of go with. So let's say you do all this, right? And you're still struggling to find products. Well, this is usually the case of you trying to sell products that you like or want to sell instead of selling products that you can actually make a successful business or make you a successful business person, right? So do you think that people that sell toilet plungers are super happy at the fact they sell toilet plungers? Probably not, right? But do you think the people that are doing that and have businesses that make tons of money selling toilet plungers are happy because no one else wants to sell those products? Of course they are. Because they know that they're not very competitive products in certain, you know, I mean, maybe not on Amazon, but in certain areas, there's probably a very limited number of toilet plunger companies out there, right? And those are some of the best products to sell. So find things that people are just kind of avoiding, right? If you sell products that people need and most sellers on Amazon sell, uh, avoid selling them because they're not cool, well, you're much more likely to find products that fit your budget and potentially fit your competition level, right? So, you know, in a sea of Amazon products, there are a lot of products that are complementary or an accessory to bigger products. For example, you won't be able to afford to sell an actual toilet, likely. I told you I'd bring up toilets. <laughs> However, you might be able to find a particular product that fits a toilet or all toilets universally and makes going to the bathroom a more pleasant experience or that makes a toilet function better. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but you could probably <laughs> go in there. And, you know, the one thing that did come to mind was like, you know, those little air fresheners that you hang on the side. Well, you don't yeah. have to sell the air fresher. Maybe you just hold, sell the holder. The holder. I don't know. Or a, a ball cock, right? Yeah. Something that goes in the back <laughs> or like the handle. I don't know. Yeah. There's probably products out there like that that fit most toilets 
that you could sell, right? Actually, I actually bought I bought one the other day. It's you know you know the bit where you flush. Yep. And basically that that kind of I don't know if it's a wire or whatever it is, oh, and yeah. it broke. Yeah. So we a had to go chain and get one. Or wire the connector from the, the yeah, it's the connector thing. The flapper yeah. to the chain or the to, yeah. yeah. And so I had to buy one. And where did I go? Amazon. Yep. Exactly. There so I guarantee there's not a ton of people out there being like, man, I got to sell toilet chains and toilet, you know, connectors from the flapper to the, to the handle. Right. So my we'll, we'll favorite get way to, in a, we'll uh, get someone in a year's time going, Hey, I listened to your podcast and I, I decided to go into toilets and now I'm a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the toilet King of Amazon. <laughs> and they actually sit, they'll do the flex with a golden toilet. Yeah. Instead of the tiger King, the toilet King. <laughs> And so my favorite way to explain this is you don't have to sell the thing. You actually can sell the thing that goes with the thing. So accessories or, you know, you know, anything that basically makes something work that you don't have to sell the bigger portion, right? So look for accessories to products that aren't as bulky and, and, and as expensive to manufacture and sell and that don't have a ton of competition already. So quick places to look for these kinds of ideas. Well, go to the actual item like that you think, oh, I really want to sell this desk, right? Or this you know, I have a rising desk. I really want to sell a rising desk. Well, they are freaking expensive. Like just the cost of these things is like 30 bucks sometimes. So if your, you know, budget is $5,000, you're going to get, well, like 60 of them. And then you're probably not going to even sell them because you can't market them. So don't sell the riser desk, sell things that are complementary to it. Like maybe you have a little, um, you know, cord organizer that fits on the riser desk. Perfect. Go off and sell that. That's a great product idea, right? So go into those pages and down on the, like about halfway through or kind of towards the top, like middle, top quarter, there's going to th say a thing that says product re products related to this item. And you just go through and scroll that. And there's usually like 20, 30 pages and about six, seven things there each time. So you'll be, get about 140, 150 items that you can kind of look through. And they're probably going to be very similar to the product that's there. But every once in a while, you'll see in a picture that somebody's bundled something together or they'll actually just have the thing that's that goes with it separately. Like the other day I was looking at, um, you know, somebody had put that they wanted a, a bottle, a water bottle that had an infuser. And I was like, well, why not just look at the infuser that goes in the water bottle? And yeah, it wasn't super great for the, the, the viability, but it was much better than the water infused bottle and, and the vases and, and pitchers and stuff that come with it. Like just the little piece that goes in the bottle was a much better product opportunity than all the other ones that did the bottles with the infuser. So yeah, again, just look at the thing that goes with the thing. That's uh, yeah. So even um, thing refills, like you say, right. Or, you know, and they're great ones because basically that's going to be something that people are going to keep coming back and back yep. for. So things like, I don't know, pen refills, ink refills, um, cartridge refills, what, whatever, yep. whatever that is, that it's, it's the consumable piece yep. that the big, I suppose the big product, if you like, needs to keep functioning. Yeah. Um, and office supplies, it's a little bit of a different game there, but there are lots of office supplies that if you could start getting into the office supply thing, I mean, there's business customers that will go on subscribe and save or, you know, order every month for their business. And there's yeah. some pretty good money to be made there. But I mean, there is some competition there as well. But yeah, there's there's definitely some cool things there. Another way you can actually find some really hidden gems is to go to the top 100 of subcategories on Amazon. So go to that, you know, water bottle with an infuser and then scroll down to what the main categories will say number 3000 in, you know, I don't know, sports and outdoors or whatever, right. Or health and wellness. And then you click on that 
And then you find all the subcategories that come up and then you're like, okay, well, maybe I want to go into, I don't know, you know, water bottles for running or something like that, whatever it is, like outdoor, you know, fitness, something. And then you go to that subcategory and then you go into another subcategory and then you start to find all these good ideas. It doesn't mean that they're all viable. You start to find these products that you don't think about. I think one product that I saw was like, literally like it was a, it was like a T wrench to shut off water. So like water valves and it was selling great. And there was like no other people like selling it very competitively. And the, the listing was garbage, but it was selling like 1200 units a month because people were going to Amazon to buy a T wrench to shut off water valves and no one really knew what to call it. So like the, the competition wasn't really all that hard. It was like literally like water valve T wrench or something like that was the main keyword. And so like, yeah, there was no competition and there was only a couple of keywords it could have been called. And I tried to find more and there wasn't. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of things that I just found by going through subcategories with a, with a client and member of ours. I don't know anyone that's ever sold it and I know they didn't end up selling it. So there are ideas out there. You just have to search and it is tough, but there are, there are definitely product ideas out there. Yeah. And the more you, you, you kind of get into that, the more you're going to find, right? Like you say, yep. the hidden gems. Another, another thing as well is that I think people, like you said, they, they kind of come in with this idea of what they want to sell. And so they just end up kind of going down a tunnel of those types of products, right? And, um, you know, one thing that we're, we really um, focus on is the brand. So don't fall in love with the product. Just fall in love with the type of brand that you want to create. Yeah. And then the other key thing that we, we do is we just Google stuff, right? You know, just take what your ideal client is interested in have a look on Google and just put product by it and see what kind of random stuff comes up. Yeah. And we've found some hidden gems just doing stuff like that. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, you can even go into retail stores that specifically are for that ideal client. And we, I like to look around the cash register cause there's all these, these little items there, like kind of cheaper ones. And then I go look to see if they're viable on Amazon, but there's lots of ways like that where in real world, you can get some product ideas. Yeah, totally. And then there'll be, there'll be articles around. Um, so for instance, I think there was one member and she, was looking at um, stuff for people with arthritis or like um, hard to move. Yeah, they couldn't just move around as well as what they used to do. And so I literally just typed that into Google. And then there were all these like articles about um, what what great products that you could use to, for people, you know, being able to help them open jars, yeah. um, pick up their socks, um, all that kind of stuff, right? Stuff I'd never even heard of. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know they sold this stuff. So yeah. You know, that's going to give you the ideas. Like we say, it might not be all viable on Amazon at this point, but it's going to give you different ideas that other people are not looking at. And then if you do that filter of the thing with the thing, maybe it's not the, you know, the full product. It could be something that comes with the product. Yep. So just get creative. And you also need some, you know, real expectations. We are real coaching at the end of the day, right? So you need some real expectations that you need to think about and put in place when you're doing product research. So here's the thing. It's not easy to find a great product that's going to bring you massive cash flow from day one, right? If anybody tells you that it's really easy, they're not telling you the truth. But you should have a desire and passion to build a great business, even if it's hard, because guess what? Business is hard. It is. But at the end of the day, we want to make it easier than what it would be if you were going to do it by all by yourself, right? Also, research doesn't cost you any money. You know, it costs you time, obviously. And so you want to carve out some time and do it justice, not like a 10 minute sprint here and a 10 minute sprint there. That's not going to bring you what you want. 
it can also be a bit frustration frustration frustrating you know not to find products easily but that just means that when you actually do find a good product it's going to it's likely going to be much more rewarding because no one else is likely to do the research that you did to actually find the product right and so just think about it that way if it was so easy then yes, everybody would be a mega millionaire on Amazon. And I'm sure a lot of people are out there telling you that you can be. And you can, however, it doesn't mean to say that that's going to happen overnight and you need to do some work to get there. So a good analogy to think about is, think about it this way. If I told you that you would have to dig really deep to find the gold in your backyard and you went out there and you started digging, you know, about six feet, 10 feet down and you quit, right? Because it was too hard to keep digging then you would never get that gold and achieve the financial success that you expected in the first place, right? So you just need to keep digging. If you kept digging until you found the gold, maybe it's 300 feet down, maybe it's 500 feet down, but you know that you're going to hit that payload because you did all that hard work to get there, right? There's also a famous saying that most entrepreneurs stop three feet from the gold because so many no's and a feeling of rejection keeps them from pushing forward. And we've had a lot of people do that, right? They, they, they will come, they haven't found a product in a week. They just want to hit the eject button. Oh, no, this is not for me, right? But at the end of the day, if, they, if like we say, if everything was so easy, then do you think that everybody would be just flogging products on Amazon, right? Yeah. And being multimillionaires. I mean, if, if it was so easy to make money on Amazon, then why is anybody even working at a job? Exactly, right? We'd all just be like whacking a product and hoping for the best. And I know that sometimes it might seem that way. Um, and it once you get it going, that is when you start to reap the rewards. That's when you can actually start to travel around the world, you know, and that's when you can start to leave your job, but you have to do some hard stuff first to be able to get there. And remember, you know, the most successful entrepreneurs didn't find their gold easily, right? For the most part, they busted their asses to build a business with great research, great foresight, great planning, a lot of learning through mistakes, and they just don't quit, right? They just don't quit, so that's what you have to think about. If you want to press the eject button after a week, okay, maybe you should quit. <laughs> so, you know, because probably not for you. It's not going to be for you. If, if you want a steady paycheck, get a job, right? That's what we always say, right? And that's not to, to you know, put any pressure on everyone, on anyone, and that's not a judgment in any way. It's just saying that you need to have that mindset to be able to push through stuff. Nothing is lost by making sure that, you've got a viable product. Yeah. There's no point. We don't want you to put a load of money, a bunch of money into something and lose it. So doing the research time, put that into the business is an investment in the future. And it's your experience and your learning curve as well, because once you get into this good process, guess what? When you want to launch another one, another one, another one, it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to, especially when you start out, it's going to feel like you're dragging through quicksand. It, that's how, literally how it's going to feel, but you're going to get through that but you just need to be able to push through the quicksand to get there. So don't ever mistake rejection for failure, right? Not finding good products easily just means that when you do find the right products, they're more likely to succeed for you. You're going to have all the data that shows you you've got a few goodies and it is then worth you investing your money as well as your time into those products and move forward. Yeah. And I like that. You said time put into the business is an investment into the future. A lot of people think time put in is money lost, right? No, it's yeah. money gained for the future of your business. So anybody who's sitting here thinking, well, I've already spent six months on something. Good. You've got six months of experience in that business that other people don't have. You've stopped the mistakes that you could have made if you rushed to get a product right away. 
Now, I'm not saying it should take you six months necessarily, but that means that you have actually done some things that probably other people hadn't thought about and you've got that extra experience, right? So, you know, just think about this. If you're on a job for six months, you're a lot more experienced than when you come into the job day one, right? If you're like, hey, day one, I'm going to go operate that crane over there and I've had no prior crane operating experience, you're probably going to crash that crane and it's going to cost the company a lot of money. Whereas, you know, if you kind of get trained up, learn some of the ins and outs, learn who's going to help you train, get their training style down, you understand what's happening. You, you kind of go in there, they show you some things and then you get that experience. Well, you're going to be much more likely to operate that crane six months later than when you first come into that business, right? So it's, it's exactly the same in Amazon. It's exactly the same in any business. Again, you're not putting any money in. We're not telling you, hey, throw that money in right now and then waste it in, in day one. Get your research done. Get the analysis done. Do all this stuff first. Then you'll put some money into it. And that's when you're ready to put the money into it. So you've done nothing but just get experience. It's you know like a video game. You're leveling up your experience. You're becoming a better avatar creature, whatever, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons kind of character. So just keep thinking about that. You, you know, you're a lot more, you know, it, it, Every time you level up, you you make everything easier for yourself going forward. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, and that and that's also um, not an excuse to procrastinate either, right? Yeah. And so what we're what we're Which saying is, is the opposite of yeah. leveling up, right? I think that's like phasing out or fizzling out. Yeah, exactly. So definitely, you know, get the research done. But as soon as you see something that's viable, go for it. Like that's what we want you to do. Not, oh, is this the right one? And maybe I'll find another one that could be better. It's like, if it's good enough, then then go for it. But what we're saying is don't go for it when you've got no idea what the costs are, what the, you know, whether you can afford to launch it and all that stuff. You know, you need to do that due diligence around that to be able to move it forward as well. Yeah, and we were talking a little bit before the show about, you know, you don't need all the money for a product day one either. It's not like you're like, hey, I want to source this product now. You don't pay for the, the product that day, right? You pay to kind of get some sourcing agent done or you do some sourcing yourself and you might put a deposit down. And then obviously at some point you've got to pay the final balance, get it inspected and shipped and all that stuff, but you don't pay that all at once. So you can split this up. So like you're not having to pay, you know, $5,000 immediately out the door on day one or something, right? So you can, you know, especially if you have a job, your income keeps coming in and you can kind of disperse this out a little bit over time. So you know, there are ways to make limited budgets work. And if you're prepared to give it, you know, time and, and work a little harder to do that, you absolutely can make this business work for you. Again, if you want to be a millionaire, that's going to take you maybe three to five years versus, you know, somebody who has that big investment up front and, and could potentially return income faster. But, you know, it just means you have to work harder. You have to be smarter with the money. Every dollar that you spend has to be spent smartly. And is, is if you can do that and, you know, do the research to make sure that happens, then you can move forward in the business. So let's recap real quick, because what we talked about today was firstly, finding products that fit your resources of time, money, and effort. Remember, because if none of those, if those things aren't working together, something's going to fall apart. Also, we talked about planning out the costs based on competition before you ever place your order. Before you spend a dollar, you spend all that time analyzing, gaining experience and everything like that, right? We also talked about how to find those golden gems on Amazon that you're overlooking. We also even gave some ideas about how to find them off Amazon so that you can do the research on Amazon with retail stores, websites, and other things that you can, you know, articles and stuff like that. Also, we, we talked about giving yourself proper expectations on how this business will work for you based on your budget, based on your ability to, you know, work and how much time you have and whatever you can put in. 
So remember guys, now that you're armed with this information, it's your job to implement it into your business and grow your business through action. Also to get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fear your lifestyle, head to goteamreal.com to download our free training today. We'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.